Hey y'all, it's your host, Nia Joy Simmons, welcoming you back to The Joyful Response, in which we will be exploring stories of Black joy, which, if you don't already know, Black joy is an act of resistance. We'll be listening to a story of success from one of our beloved sisters, brothers, or persons on campus. So grab a cup of tea, get you a blanket, and join us in community as we get it started. Hey y'all, so as I said earlier, my name is Naya Joy, and you know, I would like to believe that I'm more than just a student, but rather a complex manifestation of the events and unexpected lessons that I've experienced in my 20, um, almost 21 years of life. Um, You know, I faced childhood trauma, homelessness, addiction, but the most evident and unforgettable of them all is the hope and faith that I've experienced through witnessing other people's joy and through understanding the capacity of my own joy. Um, after all, it is my middle name. So we're here today um, with a very special guest. This is going to be our first episode. So I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest, Nana. Okay, okay. So we are here with our guests. I'm so excited for you to meet them. I'm going to let her introduce herself. So would you mind just telling us your name, your pronouns, and your role on campus here? Hey, y'all. Um, my name is Nana Fajo. I'm, oh, she, her, hers pronoun. Um, I'm a junior here at CU Boulder and currently co-president with my beautiful co-leader here, um, Naya, for the Black Student Alliance here on campus. And yeah, Get into that's like it. a quick little summary. Yeah. Get into it. Yes, we'll have so much time during this episode to dive more into her story. So I'm really excited for y'all to hear from her. But we're just going to start with a little bit of icebreaker questions. So, you know, y'all can answer this on your own and think about it for yourself on the other side of things. Um, but okay, let's see. Icebreaker question. Icebreaker question. Okay. Um, what color are you feeling today? If you had to describe your feeling as a color, what are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling like a mix of like a blue and purple Mm. aura, like very like lavender calming aspects, but then the blue to me is like a pop of color. Mm. So I've definitely felt like I've had high moments in today, like a lot of energy and then just moments of just relaxation. Yeah. Purr, purr. I think I'm feeling like, you know, this isn't really going to make sense, <laughs> but I'm feeling like the color of a russet potato. Potato. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm like kind of like a dull yellowy brown. Mm, I don't really know why. Okay. That just really makes sense. It's really resonating with me. Did you have so, potatoes today? I did have potatoes today. Um, Okay, per. So yeah, we're just gonna get right into it, y'all. We ain't gonna dilly dally. We're gonna get right into this story of success, um, our we elevated section. So let's get into it. All right, so this is our We Elevated section, y'all. And like I said, this is a podcast that is focusing on Black joy. It is focusing on Black beauty, Black love, all the things that are beautiful in Black. Um, I just really felt like there was so much emphasis on, you know, what it is that's happening to the Black community rather than what is happening for us. So um, we're going to get right into it with a story from Nana about what success has looked like in her life, what joy has looked like in her life. Um, So I guess I'll just kind of start by saying, like, Give us a little background on like your childhood, like where you came from, what brought you to CU Boulder, um, like what made it possible for you to be in this community? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm 
I'm originally from Ghana, West Africa. Um, I immigrated here when I was about five or six years old. Mm. Um, I have two younger siblings. So if that tells you anything, being the firstborn and the first girl of an immigrant family, especially when um, that is West African, there's a whole lot of pressure. Um, I think originally just coming into America, definitely stepping into a scene where my parents wanted to make a foundation Mm -hmm. and create that um, stability for us to become what we wanted to be. Mm -hmm. It definitely was inspiring just to see them and to see how they've, you know, made themselves in life. They both currently own um, their own business. It's a restaurant out here in Colorado. And it's fire, y'all. It's, it's called so African good. Girl and Bar. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and so really just their story has just inspired me to just keep pushing. Um, mm. So yeah, just coming in as a young immigrant gyal, um, <laughs> definitely a lot of not pressure necessarily from them, but just like seeing that they are doing well for themselves and wanting them to do the same for me. Um, I also felt that push. Like I really, mm. I really want to be something in life. I really want that success in life. Definitely doesn't have to mean financial, doesn't have to mean um, like monetary value to me, like really just, just where they're, where they're at now has really just inspired me. For so sure. from an early age, I was interested in medicine mm-hmm. Um that kind of spurred from like family problems. Like my dad, he um, has heart issues and both his of his parents died early on um, from like heart attacks. Mind you, he's like the seventh out of like 11 kids. And so he really had to grow up like early on and kind of same thing with my mom, her, her dad also died of heart problems too. So mm. I think just from an early age, I was interested in medicine, interested in how that works. Um, and kind of going through my own um, health stuff as well. Yeah. I think Naya knows, like, um, and those around me, I am vegan. And so... <laughs> vegan queen? <laughs> that vegan did, queen? <laughs> that did start from an early age of just... I mean, honestly, it was rooted in really, like, body and, like, self-conscious. Yeah. Um, where I just felt like, oh, God. No, I was going to say, and, like, I, I feel like... You know, you say you're vegan in a black community <laughs> and all the grandmas and the aunties oh, be asking yeah. you, why do you, oh, have yeah. not, you don't have no meat on your bones, uh-huh. you don't have no meat in your body. Uh-huh. But no, I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah, no. tell us more about it. I think definitely for me, like, I, I've always been bigger or like I've always like I was first to like have a growth spurt first, you know, boobs, but everything mm-hmm. like it was just puberty hit. Right. And I think seeing other um, kids, it was never an issue of you don't have enough meat on your bones. Mm-hmm. It's like there's definitely meat there. <laughs> um, definitely, when I was younger, growing up and just seeing um, how everybody else is looking, it made me self conscious. Um, it made me feel, you know, very like aware of like what I was eating, what I was mm-hmm. doing. So my um, veganism, or really just start of figuring out like healthy eating or whatnot yeah really just stemmed from being like okay like what am i putting into my body mm-hmm. what's making me feel good um what's giving me energy whatnot and so i just remember when i was younger like i tried out because my mom was so weary like she's like <laughs> how can you not eat meat right mind you like she's a fish she's a fish person herself so um we just it was good we didn't eat a lot of red meat in my house so a lot of it was really just chicken, beef, whatever, just kind of the basics. And so from early on, I just, I tried 
being pescatarian she i tried said, being vegetarian no, like just no you know, just little things to kind of be like i don't want to eat meat um yeah definitely some other docs that i really watch i love watching documentaries so i watch a lot of docs about you know just that can be a whole other conversation so <laughs> if you're interested in veganism definitely hit my line but um yeah no i just watched a lot of docs early on and did my research yeah that i just felt like i really just don't need to be consuming this mm -hmm. and that was definitely from an early stage like just really interested in health and medicine and yeah the way that um your body works and with that too specifically problems impacting socioeconomic status mm -hmm. within the black community mm -hmm. um Talk i think as i got older and realized like things such as like food deserts existed and like lack of like access to fresh produce and stuff existed that mm -hmm. it was to me as well like this isn't just a food issue like oh you don't need this to live but it's also like a societal issue like a societal mm -hmm. norm like having like eating meat as regularly as um we do in america is definitely a luxury oh yeah and oh yeah an over consumption you oh, know yeah. gluttony so it's definitely <laughs> <Gluttony> is a <laughs> sin. <laughs> so it, it it it's it stems so much more than just being like you know eat food like yeah. eat better. It it definitely also yeah. can just be tied back to um, racial issues as for well. For sure. So basically, all along winded story <laughs> to say that I really <laughs> I want to go into medicine and become a doctor. Her. Um, don't really have I have some ideas like kind of floating in my head of what I'd specialize in, but just helping people and health wise and just, you know, kind of figuring out where everybody is at and their body is just, yeah. I feel like it's just such an mm -hmm. interesting subject that how could I not get into And black, it? black representation, I feel like even within the medical field is something that, you know, we've been quote unquote free for so long, but we mm -hmm. still don't have that representation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, being a woman and thinking about like having kids or just even having health issues and having to go to the doctor in America, I feel like something that's in the back of all of our heads with brown skin is that mm -hmm. we're not going to be treated the same. They're not going to take us seriously. Right. And, you know, that's really a difficult place. I feel like just having more people of color within that field. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Maybe it'll make us trust the government more. Who knows? Oh, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, no, for sure. I think, um, I guess like what to you obviously I mean like that's a huge goal and like wanting to just like go into medicine and um you know whatever area is stress <laughs> that's what I was just about to ask you how you feeling like what emotions come with that um with all that that process because it really is it's a process you know um no I yeah Whew. definitely process I think uh there's this term and probably most of you have heard it if you have not um called imposter syndrome and it's just like the feeling of you know, feeling like you're out of place or it's not really what, you know, like self-doubt, mm -hmm. issues of self-doubt rooted in self-doubt. And um, I think I'm at the point now where, as I said, like I'm a junior in university right now, my third year, you know, we're about to be out of here, <laughs> thank God. But also with that comes kind of like, wow, like we're all really shifting into a new phase in our lives, um, you know, grad school, med school, mm -hmm. getting married, having kids, having a job, whatnot. So I think that definitely I'm, I'm stressed. I think <laughs> I'm trying my hardest to not be overwhelmed with, you know, just so many requirements that you have to have. Or like, mm -hmm. um, oof, it's just, I hate it. It's like you apply to get into college. You have all that stress, taking the SAT, ACT, all of that stuff down yourself. To do it again. And just to do, <laughs> just it again. to do it again. Like it feels like I'm doing it again. And so part of me is stressed, but also part of me is like, you know, like I really had to sit and think mm -hmm. like, 
is this what I want to do? Because truly, nobody else is making me suffer. Right. I'm making myself suffer. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, which I'm really grateful going back to my immigrant parents. Like, they never, obviously, like, doctor, lawyer, all those are great positions. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy that they never forced that upon me. Like, they're not the ones pushing me to become a doctor at the end of the day. Like, I really just, I, that's that's what I want to do. Yeah. And so I think it's it's good that I'm motivated within it mm-hmm. um, rather than, than it being just them. But it is just scary because there's so many requirements, as I said, and like so many other people who are vying for that same spot yeah. that I can't yeah. help but feel pressure. Um, and I, I, but I also feel comfortable, like comfort right. and just knowing like, this is what I want to, I want to do. Like, you know, your path. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like, I don't know, like it makes me think, um, you know, you mentioned about your parents being a really big inspiration for you and helping kind of like be your drive. So aside from your parents, like what things in your personal life have helped you maintain peace in the chaos? What in your personal life has helped you kind of like keep your head above water when things do start to get hard, especially with that process of trying to figure out next steps in your medical journey? God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um just from an early age, like my parents, like my family, we always went to church. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up, like when I was younger, I just felt like, ugh, like another Sunday morning ritual. Like we got to get up so early. We have to look nice. Mm-hmm. Um, just another thing to, you know, not for myself, but for somebody else. And so as I got older, and especially in these last couple of years, when I've, I've, I've now had, I've now created a relationship between me and God and mm-hmm. not just a relationship through my parents and him, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I seem completely different now. Um, I think definitely before it was just a lot of feeling like it was pressure, feeling like it was a lot of, oh, you have to pray or oh, you have to read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this like strict routine. And I just felt like, oh, you've got strict parents and it's just irritating. But I think now that I know him for, for myself, mm-hmm. exactly. Now that I know him for myself and I know that he's watching over me and I know that like he's he's there for me and at the end of the day like if I give to him all of my work and come to him with all that I am and put in mm-hmm. as much effort working within the waiting which mm-hmm. Nia and I discussed this earlier <laughs> uh, how can I not find peace and comfort in right that? Um, right no I love that yeah I think mm-hmm. there's definitely not to get um all scriptural or stuff but they're definitely get scriptural um, girl this is your podcast <laughs> get scriptural we're gonna have church up in here today <laughs> um recently if anybody knows there's you know now i already heard this earlier but um there's a book in the bible called habakkuk and in chapter two um he says uh the vision like this vision is for a future time it describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. Mm-hmm. It will not be delayed. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. And stop. Period. And <laughs> end. We're going to end the podcast here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, no, just, just that. Like, yes. I feel like that really just describes my relationship with God and just mm-hmm. describes where I'm at in life. Um, there has been so many... Um, like trials and tribulations in my life, just immigrating here young. My par- like I didn't live in a in a house until about seven years ago. My parents finally bought their first house. We always moved from apartment to apartment, which was never, you know, as a young kid, like you just you don't think any differently of it. You just know that that's your family. Like that's what you guys mm-hmm. have to do. 
Um, and I'm very, very grateful for at the end of the day, they always had a roof over our head mm-hmm. and always had food on our plate. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely, with all the moments in my life where I felt like, why is this person getting to do this? Or mm-hmm. why is this person in this position? Why does this person get this internship opportunity? Why does this person do whatever? It's like, it's not my time. Yeah. And I think that knowing that if I'm waiting patiently, but not even just sitting there waiting, but working with Working waiting, and waiting, yes. It just, it, it brings me a certain peace to know, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, he's got me. Mm, faith with action, but also trust. I right. love that. Right. I love that. And I love the idea of, you know, it's the same thing within the Black community, but on a grander scale, I feel like within the Black community, our goal, especially on campus here at a PWI, our goal is to be able to hold each other up and to hold space for one another and to really, like, be a community that you can lean back on. When you know that you have somebody you can trust, that is, like, the best feeling ever. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, especially when you know from a divine perspective that you are protected and you are held right. and you are being watched over, it just makes it makes the difference just, you oh, know, 100%. so much greater. Um, so I guess... I guess one of my last questions is, when are we going to see you on the newspaper? <laughs> when are you going to write an article? <laughs> you know, you know, I really, it's so crazy because uh, these are also just kind of unformulated thoughts that um, I don't want to speak too much on it, but I just feel like um, on top of just going into med school and like um, getting to the field of medicine, I think. You know, I've really been dancing around with the fact of like OBGYN, mm-hmm. um, which is like women's health, essentially. And with that, too, um, with being vegan, like I want to tie something into that. So honestly, you might see me in an article in the future, <laughs> something, maybe a clinic, um, maybe, you know, providing vegan restaurants, <laughs> exactly like cost effective, like organic foods, like whatever the case may be. Um, I definitely um, I just want to tie like kind of marry the two together. Mm-hmm. Um but that's definitely in the future sometime someday but um yeah i think that's yes. what i'm at right now i love that well yes i love this this was so wonderful i just you i could not have chosen a better person to pick to tell their story of success to just kind of talk about their journey um and y'all first of all we're not done here you i know you can see that we still have some more minutes left on this podcast so we're going to go into our next section and we are going to be talking about black joy we're going to be talking about something in the news that is happening right now that is benefiting elevating edifying the black community so let's get into it okay okay so y'all i like this story i like this story a lot um you know we finally up there literally we up there so um jessica watkins she is the first black woman astronaut to live and work on the international space station now ain't that something that's crazy ain't that something it how long has nasa been around i'm scared of the ocean you're telling me she's in space she's in the sky it says that she will live on the international space station for six months Jessica Watson Watkins, a 33-year-old female astronaut from Lafayette, Colorado. Okay, Colorado. Will make history in April 2022. So this coming up, y'all, when she becomes the first black woman to live and work on the International Space Station. Watkins will serve as a mission specialist on the ISS as a part of the SpaceX Crew 4, which is the fourth batch of astronauts on a flight of a Crew Dragon spacecraft. She is one of the four members of the crew who will live on the ISS for six months. Since 2017, 
Watkins has been an astronaut in NASA, where she worked in its research centers, particularly on the Mars rover Curiosity. Her mission next year will be her first mission in space. Wow. Amen. Amen, amen. I love that. Yes. We need more, we need more um of our people in those positions. We need more of our people, so. period. <laughs> period. Maybe she shouldn't go to space. No. <laughs> no, That's seriously. Good. You know, it wow. reminds me of that one movie. Oh gosh. Okay, y'all are gonna kill me if I not remember the name of this. Remember the name of that one movie with um it was Describe the, it. Okay, it was the women that the black women that were originally the ones that were working in NASA, like helping make the computers. Oh, it like came out when we were really young. Yes. It was like whole women in STEM. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, it can kill me for not knowing it either. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on the name. Regardless, Regardless it reminds yeah. me of that. It reminds me of like the fact that, I mean, in many cases, y'all already know this, you know, black culture just continues to get stolen and we continue to be the pioneers for so many things and not getting our credit where credit is due. Right. So I am hidden just hope- figures for real. Hidden, hidden figures. figures. Yes. Hidden <laughs> figures. But also for real. You're hidden figures. No, for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that though. No, I love that. And I was going to say, um, I was going to say, um, I really hope that this is in the history books. If this isn't in the history books, oh yeah, I'm going to be mad. Oof. I'm going to be mad. It, speak of, speaking on history books and just curriculum in general, that is a whole other topic. Just Girl. Reworking our education system, putting women like this, putting um, people of color in positions such as this in the forefront of our um like the youth and mm-hmm. seeing that like in in school more than just seeing it online or something that that would really make a shift per no i totally agree oh okay we got one more story for y'all and you know what black women let me speak to my black women for a second here protective hairstyles mm. wigs mm-hmm. braids mm. all of that speak on it Ain't nobody know how much work this is for us. <laughs> Y'all don't know. Yes. I have been in class so many times and somebody will be like, oh my gosh, is this your real hair? How long did it take you to do this, girl? Oh my gosh, did you cut your hair? When you take take it out <laughs> of the protective style. <laughs> be, no, I'm, oh, I can't handle it. I still haven't even installed my first lace wig, but that's what our next news thing is about. Um, hopefully I'm actually installing my first one for my birthday. Ooh, so ooh, we're loading. But coming up. this story, black woman owned brand makes history hits almost $1 million in sales with first ever four-step lace wig system. Now, the sound of a four-step four system. Step. She wow. said four-step. I'd be watching the videos, and it looks like it's like 20 steps. Honestly, <laughs> I just need one step. Let me do one step. Y'all are close. Y'all said four steps, but let's get it down to one. But basically, okay, so it says, Shamika Jackson, the founder and CEO of Kafoon Amr Hair, she's a CEO, Shamika Jackson, mm-hmm. is quickly becoming one of the leading names in the premium quality lace wig and hair care market. Based in South Jersey, she started the brand just two years ago with her two cousins and her niece and has already generated nearly $1 million in revenue. With 15 years in the hair care industry, she has pioneered the first ever four-step lace wig system designed to help women protect their hairline and in 2021 was named Forbes next 1000 entrepreneur. Her. Wow. She said protect their hairline cuz y'all don't know those edges be falling mm-hmm. out. You know how many people I've seen Ooh. put away so again and take it off and have Ooh. no edges left. Might they just keep it in. Girl. Girl. <laughs> you know what that just reminded me of? This what? is kind of unrelated, but do y'all remember that story of the girl that did her hair with gorilla glue? <gasps> 
that was like a thing and it was like stuck on her like a <laughs> helmet oh my but the struggle though i mean how you did know, they get it off again sit, didn't she have to go get surgery like in another state did she have to like get all of her hair taken off or like i don't where is she now she should have just see i it. love that about social media is <laughs> that we we know about it but it's like now what like i would love a where are they now <laughs> at the end of the year all the big stories that happen i we would need really a, love a where are they now a where are they now magazine uh, right just i'm all so stories serious of where are they now because you couldn't shave it it was glued to her head girl how did i don't even know what he did you know what? i'm pretty sure her surgeon was black don't <laughs> don't yeah i'm pretty sure he is i have to verify that but yeah it sounded insane. like what she really needed in her life was a forced up lace wig <laughs> she needed a forced up lace wig system no literally <laughs> because obviously her gorilla glue was not no. helping her mm-hmm. i think she got it confused between gorilla glue and like and the gorilla snot yeah the yeah, yeah. you know the gorilla it? snot no, not the snot it was because the gorilla snot that's also like a brand isn't it for the yeah edge. Mm-hmm. no she had a confused for um like like super glue like gorilla super glue but still, still why are you putting super glue know. on your hair <laughs> apparently it was the same bottle color I don't so know. if y'all are struggling with your hairline <laughs> and you are getting to a identity crisis where you are so close about to use super glue on your hair I recommend that y'all buy from Tamika Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> Tamika Jackson. And y'all buy you a four-step lace wig. Mm-hmm. Okay? Or get into braids. Or get, get into, into braids, it. honestly. Get into it with the braids. Because the braids, the hair growth, let me tell mm-hmm. y'all. My hair has grown so much in braids. Mm-hmm. My goodness gracious. Um, per. Well, oh, I'm sad. We're about to end in our, we're going into our last section before we wrap it up. Mm-hmm. But the, the next section is good. So I want y'all to... Have a full stomach, okay? No, sorry. Have an empty stomach, okay? <laughs> so I want you to be able to salivate, to really think about what we're going to talk about. But we're going to get into Mama's Kitchen in our next section. And we're going to talk a little bit about the foods that we grew up on that just, you know, chef's kiss. So let's get into it. All right. So like I said, this is our last section. Um, no, no. I'm going to ask you, what was a memorable meal? Actually, first, before I do that, everybody grab your blanket, grab a cup of tea, zen, get in your little, get in your little corner, and now I can ask you. So, Nana, <laughs> what was one of your most memorable meals you had as a kid? Okay, it could be like either a meal that you loved. It could be a specific memory you have attached to a meal that you ate. What was a memorable meal that you had? I hate you for saying that because... <laughs> Tell them to grab a blanket, get ready, empty stomach. Um, honestly, I have so many like, y'all. My mom is a chef. Like I, I eat good. Yeah, not gonna lie, I eat good. So, um, I think, and but these all all the food I'm about to mention, they're all traditional West African meals. So, Google alongside, <laughs> Google alongside, so you can get some images of what I'm saying right now. Um, I think there's probably like top three. Um, there's this dish called fufu, which honestly it was trending on TikTok, like fufu, pounded yam, agusi, like soup, all of that stuff. That was all trending on TikTok for a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really glad that you know I really <laughs> wait. Can I interrupt you? Yes, like that? I saw a video of this girl on TikTok, white girl who actually, mm-hmm. you know, first of all, she was really I give applause to sis because she's really trying to like explore different cultures. Mm-hmm. But anyway, 
there was this TikTok she made of her eating fufu for the first time. And fufu is kind of like, I mean, what is it? Like plantain? And- yeah. So it's, it's, it, fufu is any, essentially means anything that's mashed. So there's plantain fufu, which once again, search up an image. It looks like a banana, kind of the same family. Um, you mash it with water. Same thing with the pound of yam. It's a yam and you mash it with water. So it's, it's like dough. Um, and you eat that with like a soup or a stew, but mm-hmm. yes. So basically she had the plantain fufu mm-hmm. and I guess somebody had told her like, you can't chew it. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to swallow it. Mm-hmm. So she took a nice big chunk Ooh. of fufu and she Ooh. put it in her stew and she tried to Ooh. swallow it. And she, she was like, big she, but I remember <laughs> she was really trying to say like, Ooh, like, I love this experience, but you could tell she was struggling Choking until on somebody it. commented and was like, sis, you can chew. Like, you're allowed to chew. <laughs> um, for culture. That's so funny. Yes, because with my parents' restaurant, there's definitely a lot of people that come in there and, you know, saw it either on TikTok or want to try it for the first time. And Fufu, like another, especially Plantain Fufu, another nickname or word for it is swallow because... Don't ask me why you swallow it. Like, it's slippery enough that it can just, you know, just right down your throat. But um, you are allowed to chew it. You are allowed to chew it. Uh, anybody who tells you you can't, they're just haters. <laughs> Liars. Liars. You can chew it. Um, it's just that, like, truly, like, in my in my opinion, like, the the food, the main part of the meal isn't the fufu. It's, like, the soup. Um, if you have meat in it, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> um, that's like, that's, that's, what's making the meal. Like the rest of it, the fufu is almost like the carrier, like mm-hmm. getting the other stuff to like the non, right. right. So it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, the transporter. So, um, yeah, no, fufu is really good. Really bomb. I just remember my favorite is fufu with light soup, um, which is like a spicy soup, you know, has pepper or whatever. Um, I'm just saying my order now. So if there's any <gasps> African men listening. And you want to know how to get to my heart. <laughs> Anybody uh, trying to court, so. Just take notes. Um, so yeah, so that as well as jollof rice. That one, absolute favorite. It's um, a rice dish. I guess similarly, um, coming to America, I guess there's like Spanish rice. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember them ser- serving that a lot in the cafeterias at elementary school. So it's also like a reddish colored rice. But this one's got like more flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got carrots, onions, tomatoes, like just a whole lot going on there. So you can add meat to it. Uh, just like a whole mix, but it's really good. Um, so yeah, that as well as fried plantain, mm. which is bomb. Like if you have fried just right so fire, y'all. Ooh, like if you just mm-hmm. have it in just the right stage, like right at the perfect ripeness, where it's like not too soft, but it's still firm, it's like sweet and good, it's delicious. <laughs> um can be made different ways bake it toss it in ginger add it with peanuts whatever um very versatile so those are like the top three um and i think just early on i remember just i just remember eating that like that was me my dad's like little bonding meal fufu um he still eats it to this day like (laughs) twice a day even if he could he would live off of it which he basically does um but i don't eat it with him as much anymore i definitely still do but yeah, I just remember when I was younger, used to eat it with him all the time. He's like a picture of us both sitting at a table, like, because we eat it with our hands as well. So both just dipping into the soup and eating it together. And I mm. think that just really warms my heart. Um, it's definitely like a nice Aww. little communal like, thing. So, <laughs> yeah. I love that. That sounds so good. 
and not to be not to be a promoter not to be a promoter but if y'all live in colorado Mm -hmm. go to lakewood african Mm -hmm. grill and bar yes get you some fufu Mm -hmm. get you some jollof rice what else did you say the soup the soup light soup yes Mm -hmm. go get you some food tell them i sent you my mom will feed you (laughs) you still gonna have to pay though make sure you tip support black business (laughs) (laughs) wow well i hope that that made y'all hungry um we're going to wrap this up. But before I wrap this up, I just want to say, Nana, thank you so much for just coming and just taking time out of your your evening, your busy pre-med evening <laughs> to just share with us a little bit of your story. Um, I guess like for myself, like a takeaway message that I get from you is like, one, like dream big. And I think like coming from, you know, like you said, you came from Ghana and looking up to your parents and just think, seeing how hard they worked and then starting to come into knowing what your purpose was. Like, girl, you had big dreams. Try to be mm-hmm. vegan after knowing how good meat is. Yes. I'm sorry. That's big dreams. So I just really feel like I'm something I, I'm taking away from you. And I hope that our guests can take away as well as just like, you know, if you guys feel like you have something in your heart, in your soul, um, if you feel like you're starting to come into an awareness of what your purpose is in this world, oftentimes it ain't gonna make sense. It ain't gonna make sense. It's gonna seem unrealistic. But with divine support, with Mm -hmm. the love of God, you can do anything. You can do anything. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Period. Um, But I love this. This was wonderful. Nana, is there any way we can connect with you on social media? Is there any places on campus that we can find you at? Um, Yes. My personal Instagram is n-a-n-a dot f-o-r-d very simple um you can also find me on the black buffs cu page um yes just promoting you know events on campus so if you do go to cu if you hear this you are on campus please stop by we have meetings every other wednesday um in the c4c and it's always a good time um I think that's it. I mean, I have other socials such as, you know, Facebook, Snapchat, all that, but you don't need that. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, and um, I think that's it. Perfect. Well, thank y'all for tuning into our first episode and we will catch y'all next week.